church? Oh, how we doing? It's not that bad that the Chiefs lost. It was a, we all knew it was going to happen, so you can take a seat. So you guys can take a seat. You're welcome to church. It is great uh, to have you here. Before I've alienated half of you. Hey, we've got a really exciting gathering happening tonight. Um, we're going to continue with our worship real, uh, real soon. And Aram's got some stuff that he's going to lead us in, which is fantastic. I'm really looking forward to that. And then Peter's bringing a word that is really going to encourage um, and uh, going to learn some about God's power. And so that's going to be really exciting too. So stay in tune. Uh, stay tuned because I really believe that tonight's going to be a significant night for you. Uh, amen. Amen. Awesome. So uh, we got a couple of highlights to bring to your attention. Uh, Jan and Sheridan, they're all the way off in the other side of the world at um, the 100th celebration of the Apostolic Church in New Zealand. So that's really cool. Uh, they're there representing uh, New Zealand in that. Um, so that's really cool. So keep them in your prayers with safe travel and all of that stuff. That'd be good. And then um, can I grab one of those business flyers? I forgot my copy. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> cheers. Hey, um, if you're involved in business in any way, shape or form, or if you want to be involved in business, so that's what you're studying towards uh, or anything like that, make sure you grab this flyer. All the details are on it, um, but it's for you it's to help you and equip you uh, in the world of business. Cool? Very good. Hey, uh, we love to give away some chocolate, celebrate birthdays, anniversaries, or a celebration of something. Uh, so if you've had a birthday or anniversary and just like to get someone here, I'm just going to say welcome back to Stephen and Ben. You guys can come grab a chocolate just to break the ice. And Emma, well done. Happy birthday. And oh, is that Owen coming up? How old did you turn? Oh, wedding anniversary. Oh, very good. 11 years. Well, congratulations, Owen. All right, church, why don't we stand? We're going to pray for these uh, awesome, awesome people. All right. Father, thank you for your family. We declare blessing, health, favor, prosperity, and protection over them this year. Activate your love and goodness through each one. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Awesome, you can take a seat. And uh, that's me done. And so I would actually like you to stand up because I've got nothing more to say. And we're going to continue with the worship. So uh, thanks, Aram. Thanks, band. Awesome. All right, so church, we're going to do things a little bit differently tonight. Um, yeah, so um, we, we, we've got a, a, we're going to go on a journey together presence of God, you know, and I really want, I want us to be prepared for that, so I want to kind of lead you guys in almost like a meditation sort of thing, so before we do this, I just, just find a way that you're comfortable, if you need to sit down, then sit down, if you, if you want to go somewhere where you don't have a seat in front of you, behind you, like do that, find some space, because yeah, we're going to, we're going to go somewhere together, I'm excited, so I'd ask you like, if you, if you'd want to just um, close your eyes with me. And I'm going to ask you to picture that in this room right now, that the Holy Spirit is, is everywhere. He's, he's in the ground underneath you. He's in the air that you're breathing, that he, that he is everywhere around you. He's in the people around you. He's inside of you. 
That's where the Holy Spirit is. And the Father is watching over each and every one of us. There's, there's angels that are dancing around the room. They're dancing down the aisles, you know, singing joy, singing peace. And now Jesus is right in front of you. And He's looking into your eyes. And you can see that it's just pure love. He's looking into your eyes. And the thing is, I know because, because we're all human, and there's people in here that you've come in here today and you're, you're, you're not feeling like in the best place. You might, you know, I wonder why you've come here tonight. Because there's many different reasons. It could have been just, you know, I just go to church or, or maybe I've come to hear Peter preach or, you know, there's many different reasons. But I want you to just, just in this moment to maybe switch that to be, I'm here to be with you, God. Because we're here to, we're here to meet with God. Now, wherever you're at, I want you to start to think. I want you to picture this. You've got a backpack on your back, okay? And inside of this backpack, there's many objects. And each one of these objects represents things that you're either feeling fear about, anxiety, anything that's troubling you, anything that's on your mind. And what I want you to do is I want you to take that backpack off and I want you to unzip it. And now with Jesus standing right in front of you, I want you to picture yourself taking those objects and giving them to Jesus. And as you do, don't just give it to him as in to get rid of it, but I want you to talk to him about it. I want you to start to do dialogue with Jesus about everything that's, that's worrying you, everything that's giving you fear, everything that, that's causing you not to be able to focus on him. So I want to give you time to do that. I encourage you just to, to take it out of the backpack and just imagine it, Jesus taking it and holding it for you. Let's do the same. Today. And I wonder if, if you can picture Jesus holding all of that stuff. I don't know how much it is, but it, it might seem like it's a whole heap of stuff and he's barely, barely holding it. But I just, you know, I get the sense that what Jesus would do, he's to take all of it and he'd bring it down into a tiny little thing and he'd chuck it in his pocket. And then he'd give you a big old hug. You know, despite all those things, whether or not they were things that we had shame about, whether or not they're things that, you know, we're just like, oh, like I'm just so worried about it. You know, Jesus still sees us with those same loving eyes. He's looking into our soul. He's just saying, I love you. I love you. I love you, church. Psalms 23, and I just want you to, to picture this. The Lord is my shepherd. 
I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He he refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. We will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. done it all. Our shepherd has led us and he is leading us. say, Lord, I exalt you because you take me anyway.
Mercy never ends. 
single person and as we've been uh, worshiping as we've been singing tonight uh, I really feel like God was inviting and extending that love and grace and invitation around a relationship with him and I don't know where you're at I don't know your story and I especially don't want the Christians in the room to zone out because I really believe that God's inviting people now if to almost strengthen a relationship, to take one more step in that journey of a relationship with Him. And quite simply, you 
know, calling yourself a Christian means that you're just handing your life over to God. But I know sometimes as a Christian, there's times when I just need to step further in my journey with Him. And I just really had a sense that I wanted to verbally, I think God's doing it in people's lives right now, but verbally ask you the question, are you at a place right now where you need to take another step in that journey with God? Another step of putting your trust, your faith, your life in His hands. And You might be at the start of that journey where none of it is in His hands. You might be in a place where you don't have a relationship with God at all. Or maybe you do. But maybe you can just sense tonight that God's saying, just step into me a little more. Push into me a little more. Follow me a little more. I just really believe just, we're going to continue to sing, but at the foundation of all of this is that there's a God that loves you so much that no matter where you are at your journey with Him, that He loves you and that He sent His Son to die on a cross so that you could step, so that you could have relationship that as Aram talked about before, you didn't have to hang on to shame, guilt, to all those things of your past, but you can step out in freedom and in relationship. I'm not going to ask you to put your hand up or come to the front or do whatever, but if you want to talk to somebody after this gathering, I'd love to talk to you. If you're saying, I want to, I want to start or I want to continue a relationship. But as we sing, just this once more I want you to ask that question are you at a point where maybe you're stalled and God's wanting you to push a little bit more he's wanting to step into him your relationship to go a little bit further ask that question respond however you want to because God is a God of love we thank you that you're a God that loves us so much Lord that you put yourself through 
horrendous pain through sending your son just so that we could be free, be free to have a relationship with you, to be free to walk with you day in and day out, to walk in your power. Look, God, I thank you that you're here meeting with people this evening. You're transforming people's lives this evening. Lord, I ask you to not let that stop. Lord, that you'd continue to work. You'd continue to change and transform people's lives by your Spirit. So God, we invite you here, and Lord, we just say our hearts are still open for you to speak and for you to move. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Awesome. You can take a seat. You can take a seat. Hey, thanks, band. Thanks, Aram, for leading. Hey, it's uh, our, our pleasure to get to listen to a, uh, a word from Peter Hyatt this evening. So why don't you give him a huge round of applause as he comes up to share. Awesome. Look, Stanley. You know what he said? He said in the uh, <laughs> in the ten thirty, he was like, "Don't worry about the rest of the band, but just make sure you give me a shout out when you get up." So, Stanley, here's your shout out. You're the man. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't think I'd do it. Hey, oh, you're looking good tonight, especially Melina. Isn't it cool to be in church? It is awesome. Well, hey, I've got a couple of things I want to tell you about. And then we'll jump into it. Does everyone have one of these? If you're a young adult, host, team's going to, host team is going to run around with it. This is a young adult's camp. So chuck your hand up if you don't have one of these. If you, if you need, well, you all need one. So young adult, throw your hand up. You want one of these? This is for camp. Camp is coming up on the 19th to the 21st of August. This is going to be a fantastic time. We've got a guy called Aaron Hardy coming in to speak. And what I'm saying about it is he's going to challenge and um, he's going to challenge your perception of what it means to be a Christian within our culture. What does it mean to be a follower of Christ within the New Zealand culture today? So this is going to be an awesome time. So keep your hand up if you, if you don't have one of these flyers. This is just the Rego, all the details. It's 55 bucks. We've dropped the price as much as we can to make it as easy as possible for you to be there. So I want to see 40 people out, which I think is uh, very doable with the group of, group of young adults we have. And it's going to be an awesome time hanging out together and chilling with God. Cool? Three people are coming. Awesome. It's going to be fun. Hey, and something else I want to let you know about. Young adults, we have an outreach, community outreach happening next Sunday. So 1.45, be here at church. I've teed it up with Alan Hall. And what we're going to do is, part of who we are as Activate is wherever, whenever, be like Jesus. And I think this is an incredible opportunity to live this out. You don't have to do anything apart from show up. Wear some old clothes. Uh, gum boots, old shoes, that kind of thing, and a warm jersey or a jacket. 
And what we're doing, we're rocking around to someone's place, uh, and we're going to do a bit of yard cleaning. So mowing, um, planting, putting in plant boxes, that kind of thing, uh, weeding, all that kind of thing. So it's a grandmother with uh, raising four grandchildren. Uh, so this is an awesome opportunity for us to go and bless someone who needs it. So I want to encourage you to be here at 1.45 next Sunday. It's only going to take two hours if we have 15 young adults or 15 people out. If you're not a young adult, come along. You're, you're more than welcome to, but this is what we do is activate church. This is part of who we are. So I really want to encourage you to be there. Cool? Who's going to be there? Awesome. It's looking good. Well, tonight I'm going to be talking about fostering the power of God in our lives. As you can see on my flash PowerPoint, look at that. Fostering the power of God in our lives. Thank you, thank you. No, don't clap you. But I've been over the last, I think, month. I spoke last week and I spoke about a month before that. And I've been following this theme of kindness. And who, who likes to think that they're a kind person? Cool. <laughs> the rest of you are pretty stink. <laughs> who thinks they're a kind person? <laughs> okay, that's cool. Um, yeah, I think I'm an all right person. Uh, well, ask Melina. She'd probably give, be a better judge than me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I've been speaking about kindness. And I was talking from a story in Acts, and it was about where Peter and John, they went to the temple, on their way to the temple to pray. Uh, a guy was asking for money. He was saying, can I have some money? And they said, well, look, we don't have any money, but instead, let's pray for him. So they prayed for him. This man was healed, and he, he went off walking. And, and the points I brought out from that is wherever we go, whatever we're doing, our responsibility, our job is to meet the need around us. That's part of our responsibility. As good people living life, it's our responsibility to meet need around us. Look at that. But uh, last week, I took it a step further, and I said, all right, so it's our responsibility to meet need with kindness, yet when the opportunity uh, arises, we need to be prepared to release God's power, God's Holy Spirit, because when we do that, and we see something shift, you know, the man in the Bible, uh, he was expecting a natural blessing, he was expecting finances, yet what Peter and John did, they met him with a supernatural blessing which altered his destiny. Come on, do we want to be people who, who just meet materialistic needs or do we want to be people who are going to meet someone's destiny? It's going to shift something within them that's going to alter what happens in their whole life. You know? I won't get into preaching last week's message. But if it was good, say amen. Okay. Oh, yeah, sweet as. So this week, as we see there, I'm loving this, this is so cool. I'm talking about fostering the power of God in our lives. Because we can meet need with kindness and Holy Spirit's power, but it's no good if we do that once or twice. I want to talk tonight about what it means to carry God's Holy Spirit power wherever we go. Sound good? Awesome. Let's jump into Philippians 3, 7 through to 11. Philippians 3, it's up on the screen. If you've got your Bible there, just wiggle the paper as you move it. No, oh, I like it. I like the sound you hear, the crinkling of paper. Cool. Philippians 3, 7 through to 11. This is Paul writing. 
But whatever were gains to me, I now count loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost it all, all things. I consider them garbage, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own uh, that comes from the law, but that which is having a righteousness, uh, that is, which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. From 10. I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his suffering, becoming like him unto his death, and so somehow obtaining to the resurrection from the dead. Okay. Just from reading that, you might be like, whoa, what's going on? And I want to use this scripture as a launching pad, but Paul is saying here, I want to know Christ. I want to know his power, but I also want to participate in his suffering. It's a little bit weird, isn't it? You know, myself, I'd say, cool, let's have God's power, but suffering, let's leave that to the side because that sounds hard. That sounds like it's going to shake me up a little bit, and I don't really want that. But he says, no, he says, I want your power, and I want to participate in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. To put a little bit of context around this, we can look at Paul, and uh, earlier in this piece of scripture, he's talking about all the things that he's got to rely on. So he could say, look, he was saying, look, I'm an awesome guy. I've got all these reasons to rely on my own self, like in, in the law. I don't need to rely on God because I, I, was, a, I was this and I was that. And I'm pretty much you're saying I've been the perfect person. I've, I've applied the law. I've lived the law out. And you can't fault me in any of this. But, but here he says, I consider it all garbage for the sake of knowing Christ. Paul's one desire was to know Christ. That's all he wanted. He considered everything else that he'd lived for to be worthless, yet knowing Christ was worth it. And I find it interesting here how he doesn't separate power and suffering. He doesn't separate those two things out, which I would naturally do. You know, I don't want those both together. I just want the power, as I said, without the suffering. So there must be something here that links them together. There must be something important about power and suffering or, or struggles or tr- testing or trials. Let's have a look at James 1, 2 to 4. And this is a fav- favorite verse of mine. Uh, but it says this. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Hold on. He said, consider it pure joy whenever you face trials of many kinds. Does, does that sound like something you'd put your hand up for? Considering it pure joy whenever you face trials? Who considers it, who considers it joy, pure joy, when, whenever they uh, face struggles? No, Katie doesn't. No. Jared loves it. Robin loves it. He chucked his hand up. Who considers it pure joy? No, that's crazy. That seems well out of it. But he says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Perseverance, key word. That word there, perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work in you so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking 
an inner thing. Romans 5, 3-5 says, Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. Because we know that the suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Now you look at these verses and you can say, this is a bit interesting. There's something going on in the Bible that's telling us that suffering is actually a good thing. And what it's highlighting is that suffering in itself is not the end result. Who goes into anything knowing it's going to be hard? And, and life is hard. Things crop up that are hard. You know, you're at uni, you're at school, you're, you're out in your workplace. Stuff just happens. Does stuff just happen to you? Stuff just happens. And that can be hard. But what it's saying here is, hey, things are going to happen. Life gets hard. Life is tough. But perseverance is the key. We're called to persevere. Looking back to Philippians 3, uh, 7 to 11. Paul is not just saying, cool, I want to know the power and his suffering. He, Paul has realized that suffering leads to something, a capacity that allows him to carry the power of God wherever he goes. We're called to persevere as a people. You know, does a, does a problem go away if you... If if you, uh, let's say you encounter something that, that's difficult. If you go, nah, not today. And you just push it aside and you say, all right, well, next time I'll deal with it. Do you find you ever get past that? Yeah, it might be dealt with for the moment. It might be out of, out of your way for, for that point in time. But soon enough, you'll be strolling along and the same thing will come up. If you push it to the side again, you'll keep strolling along. And, and suddenly you just keep hitting this buffer. Who hates it when, when YouTube's buffering? It's so annoying. We've just got fiber at our flat and it's great. Thanks, Jared. But Paul is encouraging us, come on, let's persevere. Let's persevere. Suffering is not the end result. A great example of, example of this is Jesus. Jesus, the, the one who carried the weight of the world, who went to the cross to the point of death and died for you and me. There's a lot of suffering going on there. There was a lot of suffering going on in Jesus' life. A lot. If you've, read his, if you've read his trial, there's a lot of suffering going on there. At any point, Jesus could have said, hey, all right, stuff. At any point leading up, he could have said, no, nah, I'm out. Yeah, I love what it says in Hebrews 12. It says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. See, Jesus had his eyes set on something further than where he was at. He knew that the perseverance that would take in the moment of suffering was leading to something greater than himself. So I want to encourage us. I think God is calling us to be a people of perseverance. So often within our culture, within this generation, let's say, uh, you know, we're, we're the microwave generation. You know, if something takes 30 seconds, like, ah, oh, come on, come on. I'm tired of this. If you're waiting to watch a video on YouTube and it, and it won't work after, there's something like six seconds. Studies have shown after six seconds, if it doesn't work, people are like, oh, no, screw it. I don't want to watch this. Six seconds, come on. <laughs> Who remembers dial-up? Like, we'd struggle with dial-up. Oh, no. Nightmares. But I think God is looking for people 
who persevere? Because if we're going to set things aside and go, look, that was tough. I don't want to do that. What's that doing within us? Paul realized that, look, by suffering, it's going to do something within me that's going to shift me, that's going to shake me. It's not going to be pleasant, but it's going to equip me and it's going to enlarge my capacity for life and what I'm doing, and it's going to allow God to use me in a way that's going to change this world. And God is not looking for people who are just going to roll along in life and say, God, that was hard. I don't want to do that. No, that hurt. That was a struggle. No, God is looking for people who go, all right, Lord, I don't know what's going on. This is not good. I don't enjoy it. I'm not loving it right now. But I'm going to take this next step. I I know this is where you're leading me. I'm going to take that next step. I'm going to take that next step. And God, would you just help me to get through? Do you know what that does? That does something in here. On the exterior, it may look like you're being beaten down. You may look a bit bruised. I'm sure Paul didn't feel that victorious when he was writing from prison. He wouldn't look that great when he was in prison. Yet perseverance, suffering leads to perseverance. Leads to the building of character within us. Are you with me? Just capture the idea, suffering is not the end result. It's not the end result. There's something on the other side. It's cheesy, but we can think about, I was thinking about this today. You know, we say there's light at the end of the tunnel. And that's cheesy, but the reality is there is light at the end of the tunnel. Suffering is not the end. It may be hard, it may be dark throughout the tunnel, but when we look forward and we see the light and we go towards that, we get to the light at some point. Unless the person with the light continues walking and (laughs) it's a very long tunnel. God is calling us to be a people who persevere. That's part of who we are. And I think God is looking for people who persevere and with people who persevere, who have developed that capacity and character within them, he will take them on and that change the world. And I think that's us. And it's a response, it's an attitude that we need to take hold of. I'm willing to persevere. When things are tough, I'm willing to persevere and let God do what he's going to do in me. Otherwise, we can miss what's happening and miss what he's wanting to do. And I don't want to miss what God's doing in me. Do you? A couple people. It's cool. Let's have a look at David. So you know who David was? He was the second king of Israel. The first guy was a guy called Saul. He was anointed by a guy called Samuel, who was a prophet, and set up as king. But Saul disobeyed God, and as a result, God removed his hand from him. Uh, So the second person was David. And let's have a look what what it says in 1 Samuel 6 to 7. So this is when uh, when Samuel was looking uh, for David. and David had a family, uh, and his father was Jesse, and they had a number of brothers. And all of David was the youngest brother. And all the brothers were bigger and stronger and maybe looked better than him. And this is Samuel's working through from eldest to the youngest. And, and, and he said, well, God, where, where are they at? Where's the king? Because he was expecting someone who was strong. He was expecting someone who was big. He was expecting someone who was mighty in appearance. Yet, this is what God said to him. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at things uh, the people look at. People look at an outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. 
And further, uh, 1 Samuel 16, 13, it says, So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. Came powerfully upon David. And all I want to illustrate here is that it was David's heart that set him apart. Sure, his brothers may have looked bigger, stronger, um, more likely to be a king. Yet it was David's heart before God that set him apart. When we're put in a place of suffering or trial or struggle, and just, just think about this, when we're in that place, things are hard. God is leading us and developing us in perseverance. He wants us, our response to be, I'm going to persevere. I'm going to continue on. And that's going to do something in our heart. And you look at David, as a result, he was put into the kingship of a nation, which I think is incredible. And God is looking for those with humble hearts to pour his spirit out upon, those who will foster his power. See, I don't think we can maintain the power of God without humble hearts. And that's what suffering is going to do. And this, is, this sounds stink, but when we're put in that place of suffering, when we're put in that place of struggle, our hearts are humbled. You know, I think um, if you've got family, if you've got brothers and, and sisters, I've got two brothers, one elder, one younger, um, they're great to bring me back to reality. You know, as soon as I, I, you know, as soon as I get a little bit above myself, they chop me right down. Um, I won't say anything about Melina. <laughs> but the people closest to you are normally the best to bring you back to reality. But God is calling for humble, humility. Humility is the key, I think, to maintaining and walking with the power of God in our lives. Because who wants to, to continue and to grow and foster the power of God in their lives? Who wants to do that? few of us do. Cool. Well, hey, what I want to do now is, I've had it on my heart to, uh, this week, pray for people about peace, but, but what we're going to do is um, break into groups and pray. We're going to spend the next 10 minutes praying, um, and all scary, but no, we're going to be fine. We're going to be okay. Uh, we've got some points up here on the screen, which is going to make it really easy. So, here are the prayer points. Pray that we would choose to persevere in trials. That's a choice. Two, that we would humble our hearts so we may carry His power. See an increase in Holy Spirit's power in our lives. And you can pray that. I want us to be praying over each other. And the last one, have courage and boldness to reveal God's power and kindness to those in need. This is who we are as Activate Church. We've had a mandate placed on our church, become a house of prayer. And can I encourage you, uh, this Tuesday coming uh, from 7.30 through to 8.30, we gather here and we pray. It's only an hour, but it's an awesome opportunity to grow in this, grow in prayer. So can I encourage you, Tuesday, come along and let's hang out. So what we're going to do is, um, first, if you need peace in your life, this is what I was feeling. I just want to pray with you. Um, if you need peace in your life, if, if, you're, if you've got stuff going on, you're just like, I just need peace. I really want to pray with you, and I want to pray with you up the front. Um, and also, if 
if you feel the sense that you want to see uh, peace released, if you want to have Holy Spirit release peace through you and carry an atmosphere of peace, I want to pray for you as well. If there's someone here that that wants either of those things, I'll invite you up the front while we pray uh, together. Um, So if you want peace, if you need peace for something, God's peace in in your life, or you want to release peace to people around you, I encourage you to come up uh, for prayer. But the rest of us, what we're going to do, and we're going to be be moving quickly with this, uh, we're going to pray through these points. I'm going to give you 10 minutes to do that. What you need to do is find a group of, gather a group of four or five. You need one person who is over 30, and you need one person who is under 30 in the group. So that's two people. You need one person over 30. So this this is designed to do this. Cool? So, hey, guys, I know it's scary. Guys, I know it's scary, but that's okay. We're big kids. We're going to manage. So if if you're a leader here at Activate, would you stand up, and I want you to disperse. Go to it. Come on. Let's jump up. So we're going to be praying for the next 10 minutes. And can I encourage you, pray faith prayers. Pray faith-filled prayers. If you're older and young, young people aren't coming to you, could you take the initiative and go? If you want prayer for peace, please come up. Hey, uh, if, to make this a little easier, if you don't have someone over the age of 30 in your group, put your hands up. And if you d- don't have someone under the age of 30, put your hands up. So we know who's not quite ready. The groups aren't quite sussed yet. So uh, move. We've got one down the back over there. Geneva's group, they need an over 30. So feel free to go mix and mingle, but start praying.
Hey guys, feel free to um, keep praying if you're praying, but it looks by that most of you are finished now. So I just want to thank you so much for coming. I hope you have a blessed week. Um, as a church, we love to be purposed in our giving, and you can do so on the way out. Um, if you're a young adult, we're going uh, to Peter's and Jared's place, and uh, go grab some dessert. Board games and dessert. Um, so bring board games and dessert. It's going to be good times. If you need to know where they live, it's um, Erica Place. Just look for all the cars um, and walk into that house. We'll just ask. Anyway, have a great week. Be blessed, and we'll see you uh, this week on Tuesday at prayer.